welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Well, I want to start out with a huge wow from last week. Uh, Last week as a church, we were stopping our regular Kingdom Builders giving, and we wanted to give to uh, the people in Ukraine the refugee crisis that is building. And I was hoping that our church, in just a a moment's notice, would be able to give $100,000 right away uh, to be able to help those in Ukraine. I just want to let you know we went way past that, and in the weekend, the church gave $254,000 to help in one weekend. Praise God. Praise God. I called. I said, how'd we do? They said, sit down. Praise God. And I tell you what, and on a weekend where I'm preaching on generosity, how many know we're off to a good start right there? All right. So uh, quick review for those that are not here or just caught up with us today. Um, we're doing a three-part series on stewardship, on giving, on finances. And uh, last week we talked about a heart touched by God starts with giving a tithe, giving 10%, and they go up from there. We see that it's the first tenth. The first 10% is holy. It's set apart to the Lord. It belongs to him. We're really just returning it to him. And we talked about, uh, well, we had that table with the fruits and vegetables. And and that's always, I mean, that's such a good illustration to see the, the table over there. Your table is overflowing onto the ground and God's table has one of everything. And it's amazing. Then we go and eat from his table, you know. And then we talked about tithing predates the law. Um, it really is a heart issue. A heart touched by God wants to do that. It's not law. It's a heart that is touched. And that as we build his church today, we fuel it by being tithers and saying, we're going to fuel your church and the mission that you have, God, and we're going to fuel your church with the tithe. And I also want to remind you, we said it last week, we'll say it every week, Ramsey Plus, Ramsey Plus, we paid for it for everyone. It's practical things. How do you buy a car? What type of insurance should you have? How should you do investments? Uh, All those different things, the things that you should learn in high school or at least in college so you don't make those huge, if you learned it in high school, you probably wouldn't go into college debt. So they don't teach you there, right? You know, anyways, but uh, they should teach you this and we wanna teach you this. And so please, please, it's been paid for. You text the word Ramsey to 94,000 and online especially, please join us in this. Now today, we're gonna talk about over and above, the generosity over and above. Now generosity is one of our core values. We're a generous church. That's just the way we are. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day, I won't name drop, but it was a celebrity and uh, he was asking me about Minneapolis and, and, and he said, is there hope for Minneapolis? I said, of course there's hope. I said, God's got, gonna do something great. We're poised, We're, we just bought a campus right in the heart of Minneapolis. We got a new building, there's hope. I said, and he goes, you really are an optimist. I said, I am, I'm, I'm, I believe the glass is half full and it comes with free refills. We serve a generous God. I mean, and, and he just laughing at me. I was like, I, that's the way we're gonna live. That's the way our church is. We serve a generous God and we're gonna be generous. That's who we are. And we talk about, um, giving over and above with generosity, and it's over and above the tithe. What is it over and above? It's after we get to 10%, we do that. What do we do to be generous? And with generosity, we start asking the question like, how much should I give over the tithe? Or or better yet, how much can I give over the tithe? We start saying things like, how much should I keep? How much should I keep? 
is this a good expense? Like, is this, what should we do? Is this the right? Do we have enough margin in our life? How do I live with what I have left? So these are questions that you ask when it comes to the generosity. And there's a struggle here, um, similar to when people start tithing. Not the same. When you start to tithe and you, you finally take that jump and you say, God, the first 10% belongs to you and I'm going to be a tither. That is a huge struggle for a lot of people and they jump in. But there's a, a similar struggle when you go over and above the tithe. When you say, now we're going above that. I mean, it, it, I, sometimes when people hear that, I remember one guy, he's like, there's the catch right there. There's the catch. It's the over and above. I said, no, no, you just, it's a heart of generosity. I mean, you can see, he's like, there it is. I knew it was coming, you know. No, it's, it's a heart of generosity. And, and for some people, there's this struggle. And the reason there's a struggle, here's why. There's a, a, a thing called mammon. Mammon. And it's a spirit that is tied to money. and to re- But it's not money, but it's tied to it. And it's a spirit that is there. In Matthew 6, 24, Jesus says this. He says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And this word mammon, it's the first time it's used in the Bible. Um, we know from history that it was a Syrian god of riches. He was the god of greed and avarice. So you get this. It was like a spiritual thing. And this spirit of mammon still exists today. All right? It still exists and it attaches itself to money. And, and just so you know, like, Money is inanimate. Like, we just tell it where to go. If you have a budget, you tell it where to go. It can do good things, bad things. It's not evil. People are like, money's evil. No. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6.10, the love of money is the root of many evils. Okay? So, but there's this mammon spirit, and it's powerful, and it's out there, and it wraps us up. And Jay Bennett, who's in our church, uh, he's also the chairman of the board of the National Christian Foundation, they help distribute billions of dollars through Donor Advised Fund. And I was having lunch with him, and he was telling me about this illustration. And I said, I'm using it. I'm using it in church. And I said, I'll give you credit. He said, you don't have to, but I wanted to give him credit because it's a really good illustration. And he talks about that our generosity is one of the portals or one of the ways that we connect with God. It's one of the ways that we have intimacy with God through our giving and our generosity. But mammon tries to block that generosity. It tries to block that connection. And so I've asked Pastor Davey to come on out and help me. And mammon is right there in plain sight. It's kind of like the saran wrap. And it's right there in plain sight. And, but we really, it's, it just blends in. And it's interesting, we grab on to the spirit of mammon. We just grab it. And there's things in our life that we just, oh, I got to have this. I want that. I, 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 and, and how many know that mammon just starts coming around you and it starts getting a hold of you. And before you know it, uh, mammon has trapped you. And next thing you know, you, you're, you're living like this. All right. I think I'm good. I need to preach. All right. All right. Good. But mammon gets on you. And, and mammon causes this. It causes you to start saying, you know, like, I would love to give, but I can't. You know, I got budget. I got things. And mammon says, well, just in case. Remember a couple years ago, we were having a, a global pandemic. And, and I, I talked about that uh, we wanted to give and, and we we're the lie of just in case. That was mammon. 
Mammon was screaming at Becca and I that night, don't give, don't give, just in case. And Mammon just holds you right there and it says, you know, you can't do it. You've worked so hard. This is yours. You deserve this. You're keeping up with them. And it keeps you from being generous. That's what it does. And we don't realize it because it's just around us and everybody's living with arms like, oh, 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 yeah, I, yeah, how many know, have you ever been out to eat with somebody? Oh, I'll get the check. No, yeah, oh, oh, sorry, you got it, yeah. That's Mammon. And so we're living this way with, with just restrained and God's like, no, I don't want you to live that way. And so how does God break the spirit of mammon on us? What he does for us is once we start tithing, it's all of a sudden like, praise God, one hand gets free. And for a lot of people, once they tithe, they just break free from mammon. It's just like they just start tithing and they just naturally go up from there. But a lot of people, they still have one hand left. And all of a sudden when you start giving and you go over and above and you start giving, all of a sudden mammon loses its hold on you. And you go generosity and tithing. Now how many know mammon is always lurking down at your feet? It's always waiting. I mean, the mammon just hangs out at the mall and hangs out at the golf store. It hangs out when you check your stocks. How many know all of a sudden that mammon just tries to wrap around you and you've got to break free of it and say, God, I desire to be free of that. And so tithing and going over and above. And what we call over and above giving right here is called kingdom builders. It's called kingdom builders. And when we go over and above, we say, God, we tithe. And we do that first 10%. Now we go over and above and we have kingdom builders. And you know what happens? We, instead of living tight in like mammon like that, all of a sudden we're living here, here, here. There's generosity. There's what do you need me to do? There's God, it's for your glory. There's an intimacy and a connection that happens when we break that spirit of mammon. And what we call our over and above is kingdom builders. And really, it's, 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 I love explaining it this way. It's like a giant kingdom of God mutual fund. It's a way to say there's so many different things to give to, and we're gonna to give to all these different things, kingdom builders, and we're gonna to give to this and, and build God's kingdom around the world. We're gonna say, God, you've saved us. You've changed us. We're living for your glory. We're serving you. We don't wanna serve mammon. We wanna serve you. And how can we use what we have for your glory and for your honor? Now, when it comes to kingdom builders, people say like, how much? How much do we do? And last year, we raised $10.4 million over and above the tithe, which I'm still in awe of what God has done with that. But people say like, how much should I do? Or what should be my part? And I want to read to you 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 11. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work as it is written. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You pray. You pray when it comes to kingdom builders. You know, we're talking tithe, tithe 10%. But when it comes to kingdom builders, what is that over and above? You pray. And whatever God speaks to you, we want you to do that. 
Now, some say, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to figure it out. And I'll give you some practical to, tools on how to just get started on this generosity journey. But some people do an amount. They're like, I'll do 100 a month. Some people say, I'll do $5,000 a year. Some people do a percentage. They're like, let's do 1% and add a percent from there. Some say, I want to do 10 and 10. It's, it's different. We just want you to hear from God and do what God tells you to do. Now, if you've never made a, a Kingdom Builder commitment, and we ask everybody in our church to do this at the beginning of the year. I want to explain something to you that I taught years ago, and I want the church to be on the same page to make sure we're all there. I want to talk to you about plan, vision, dream. Plan, vision, dream. I was in, Tan I was in Kenya on a global team. And I was in Kenya, and I met this couple, Clive and Mary Beckingham. And I think we have their picture, and I want to put it up there on the screen because I think it's important for you to see these guys. Yeah, Clive and Mary, all right? They look like they could attend River Valley Church, all right? That's Clive and Mary, so I want you to understand what happened. When I was there at their orphanage that they were running, it was massive, multiple buildings. I said, Clive, how did this all happen? He said, well, it just started with a plan. He said, I came to Africa, came to Kenya. I had a plan to buy a house. That's what our income could afford, we, we bought a home and turned it into an orphanage. And he said, one day we were doing an uh, a adoption ceremony, and this guy came up to me and he said, man, that's my best friend. Him and his wife have wanted to have children so long, and they've never been able to have a child, and you just provided them this little boy that they adopted. They're so filled with joy. What can I do for you? Like, Clive, you got this little orphanage here. Do you have a vision of what you'd want to do? Clive goes, wait right there. He runs in and grabs the blueprints shows it to the guy, and he says, this is my vision. I had it drawn out. I wrote it down, and I've just been holding, you know, it's right here. I've been praying about this. The guy said, Clive, you'll never believe this. He said, I own one of the largest construction companies in Kenya. And he goes, I'm going to build your vision for you because of the gratitude of what you just did for my friends. Isn't that amazing? And I said, Clive, how did you get multi-site, though? He goes, it continues. He goes, this guy comes back to me a couple years later and says, Clive, do you have a dream? And he said, I do. And he goes, what's your dream? And he goes, I want to do this all across Kenya. He goes, Clive, I have nine buildings that I'm not using right now. Pick three. Pick three. Amazing. It's like, how does this relate to Kingdom Builders? As I'm there in Kenya hearing this story, I'm like, oh my goodness, all the dots are connecting. And I realized this, we should just have a plan of what we want to give to God and just work the plan. Have a plan. What, what has God placed into your hands already? Because you can breathe, you have a heartbeat, you're moving, you, he's giving you an income. What could you plan to give? And just simply work the plan like Clive and Mary did. They just said, we're going to work the plan and whatever God does, it'll be for his glory. Not really hard. And you say, well, I could plan to give $50 or $100. Some could plan. You could even say, like, man, we own this company. We could plan to give $10,000 a month. It's different for everybody. But what would you just need to maneuver just what God's given you already? And I would say this, work the plan. But don't stop there. Just like Clive said, he had a vision. And I would say, write the vision down. Write this vision down. And all of a sudden say, God, this is what I want to do for your glory. And when you write that vision down, I want you to be praying about this all year. It's beyond what you could do in your normal, and God would have to surprise you, but it's not the next level that I'm going to talk about, which is your dream. But the vision number is really what I'd love everybody to live in at River Valley, where you're saying, I have faith to believe God for more. 
I know that most of us live with what's in our hand, but God says, will you live with what's in my hands? It's a different way of living. But for many, that's like stepping on that faith is like so big. You're like, I- I'll work the plan. I'll work it really good. And how about if we start with that? That's perfectly fine. But I, wanna, I would just challenge you, have a vision, God, what could you do beyond what I could see? And you'd show up in a bigger way. And then you write that down and you pray about it. But then you go to the next level, which is the dream. You say, God, I have a dream of what I could give. It's so much bigger than what I have right now. It's even bigger than like, like you know, what I'm praying for, but it's a dream goal to be able to give. And you hold on to that dream. A friend of mine says, don't share your dream with people that don't have dreams. He's like, hold on to it. Now in our church, we're gonna have a bunch of people with dreams, but still hold on to it. Look in the Bible. Whenever people are like, I had a dream, you're all gonna bow down to me. How many of you know it didn't go well? You know, it's like, yeah, throw them in a pit, sell them. Okay, you know, so just hold on to the dream and see what God does. Now, I, as pastor, I wanna just share in, in our life with Beck and I. Beck and I started with a plan. We said, God, we want to give more to you. And so you know what we did? We actually started an inflatable games business and we said, God, we're gonna work the plan. That, back at this time, I didn't have church on Saturdays. And I said, on Saturdays, I'm gonna go do picnics, carnivals, birthday parties, and I'm going to do that. And all that money from that, we're going to give to your glory. And it was just working a plan. God, you've given me this ability. And we started there. But then we've had vision years where God says, I want you to believe for more than what I have in your hands. And if you remember, many of you heard this, there was one year I felt God say, believe me for 10,000 more. And I was like, where's it coming from? He said, just believe me and, and write that down and start praying. So I told Becca, she said, where is this coming from? I said, we're just going to write it down and believe God for 10,000 more. I get a call, like, not that long after. This ministry says, hey, would you like to serve on our board? I was like, no, I'm on tons of boards. I don't want to be on your board. You know, sorry, respectfully declined. They said, we give $10,000 to any charity that you want to give it to if you say yes to be on our board. I said, does Kingdom Builders count? They said, yes, it does. I said, I'm on your board. All right, so God provided and from that, we were able to do it. I had no idea, but I started to pray, and God provides a group I had ne- in Indianapolis, not even in Minnesota. And God's like, guess what? I'm going to move on the heart of somebody in Indianapolis that you've not even met, and they're going to ask you to be on the board, and I'm going to provide for you in that way. And then the dream goal. If you remember, at the start of the global pandemic, I didn't realize it was the year of the global pandemic. God speaks to us, says, you're going to give your dream goal. I declared in the vision message, we're going to give our dream goal. And then the pandemic hit. And then at the end of the year, God's provided the money for us to do that. But Mammon said, just in case, it's always lurking around. And we were like, ah, but we woke up the next morning. We're not going to listen to Mammon. And we gave it and we did our dream goal. Okay, that's how it worked in our life. And I I just want to tell you this, like God's blessing me so much since we did the dream goal. I feel like I should do the gritty. How many know what I'm talking about? I should do, you know, like, you know. I dance like Kirk Cousins. Maybe we leave it to Jefferson. All right. But I feel, all right. I feel like that's how much he's blessing me right now. He's blessing me so much in ways that I'm just waiting for God to let me tell everybody how he has blessed us from living it out. It started with a plan and then it went to vision and then it went to dream. And I'm asking for you to live that way. I believe this. He's opened up the windows of heaven on us. I really believe that. And, and as soon as we hit our dream goal, 
we wrote down a new dream goal. And I looked at Becca, I said, it took us 55 years to get to the dream. It took me 55. I said, I wonder if God will do the next one in two or three or no more than five. Here I am, I'm shrinking the time frame of a dream goal that's twice as big as a dream goal that was there for 55 years. And I believe, and I promise, if God, when I get to the next dream, I'll learn how to really do the gritty. How many are with me? All right, I really, I'll learn how to do the dance like Jefferson. All right, I really will. So back to 2 Corinthians 9. When it comes to what you're going to do, it's in your heart. You decide. You listen to God. You decide. It's in your heart. What has God spoken to you? Whatever he's saying, do that. Secondly, it's not reluctantly. I don't like it when people say, I have to. I like it when they say, I get to. I get to. I, we even teach around the staff, like, no, you don't have to. You get to. You get to do this. So it's not reluctantly, and it's not under compulsion. And I mean, it's almost like, like have the picture of like a mob movie. Nobody walks into church like, all right, give up. You got to, you know, pay up. with That was my gun. You know, you give up. You know, you got to, you know. <laughs> Nobody does that. Nobody does that. We're not, that's not the way God's telling people to give. Nobody's doing that at River Valley Church. And then it's cheerfully, it's with a cheerful heart and, and God wants you to give and he loves a cheerful giver and the word is hilaron and it means joyous, ready to act, already persuaded. Like God, I can't wait to be able to give this to you. I can't wait to do this. There's so much joy. Charles Spurgeon was asked like, how do you know if you're a cheerful giver? And he said this, a cheerful giver always wishes they could give 10 times as much. Isn't that interesting? Like, God, I'm giving you this, but I wish I could give more. I wish I could do more. See, God loves a cheerful giver because it shows that his grace is at work in you. It shows that you're looking like your heavenly father. And there's a disconnect if you're only worried about stuff and things and hoarding and holding. But when you're living like, oh, you're just like, oh, God, whatever. It doesn't have hold on me. I, I, I want to give. I want to be generous. I want to do this. I want to do more. There's more where that came from. Like we're recipients of grace and we should live like it and say, God, this is the way we want to live. Now, please hear me that over the tithe, we're going to pray about this and we're going to just say, God, what do you want us to do for kingdom builders? What do you want us to do? Each one of us is going to just spend time this week praying, God, what do you want us to do and how do you want us to go about this? Do you have a plan, a vision, and a dream? And I'm inviting everyone to participate in this. Every so you say, well, what do I make? Well, let me talk to you about in Judaism, there's a, a practice called tzedakah. And it's, a, it's the word meaning righteousness, but it's commonly used to signify charity. And in Judaism, it's like an ethical obligation that they have to be spontaneously generous. And if there's a need, they just, they need to be generous. It's, it's an obligation to it. And even if you have very little, when it comes to this, like this over and above giving, this principle says, even everybody has to do something. Everybody has to do something. You say, well, like, you know, will my few dollars matter? You know, don't, don't talk yourself out of the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Like there's the principle, like God's like, hey, let's bless. You know, we said last week, like, let's bless the pre people of Ukraine. You're like, will my $5 really help? 
Well, guess what? If we add your $5 to their $10 and their $3 and their $100, and next thing you know, we have $254,000, and it makes a huge difference. And everybody grew because of it, and everybody heard from God, and everybody was part of that generosity, and they were able to grow and, and say, God, I, mammon won't hold me. So I invite every single person to do this, to follow the prompts, and it's going to be different for everyone. It's going to be different. We're not comparing. We're going to say, God, I know that if you speak to me, that little's going to make a difference. And I'm going to start somewhere and go from there. We're going to follow these prompts. Now I want to close this service out with one final verse and one illustration. And I'm believing that God will help us in kingdom builders like never before. I'm believing that as, as much as there have been breakthrough moments, there's another one happening here right now. I really believe that. I close with this verse in Romans 10, verses 14 and 15. It says, How then can they call on the one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And I just see kingdom builders as bringing the good news to the world. When we take care of the church, we're bringing the good news, right, to our neighbors and their surrounding areas. But when we give to kingdom builders, so much more of it goes out to the world. And it says we're going to sow into the next generation. We're going to do local. We're going to do global. And we're going to reach so many people. And, Lord, we're going to send those people so they can share the message of Jesus Christ. And I close with this illustration. And I saw it from a friend, and I wanted to share it with you. Imagine that you're at a, a, a table and you're out to eat at your favorite restaurant. Think about your favorite restaurant. You're out at your favorite restaurant. And in this chair, joining you for dinner, is um, one of our missionaries. She's in a zero zone. Maybe you know her name. Very few people know about Jesus, where she lives. She's lost her husband. And yet she stayed there. And she's reaching a group of people with the message of Jesus Christ. She's just pouring it out at dinner, telling you all about what God's doing and what was no conversions, has started to become a trickle. And a trickle looks like it's becoming a stream, and they're starting to plan for what if God brings a river of people into the kingdom. Across from you is one of our partners from Live Dead. And they're talking at dinner, and they're saying, it's really tough where we're at. One of the people that I led to Jesus was killed for their faith. They threaten us all the time. And they're just pouring it out at dinner. And they're telling you all about it. And you're just enamored. And these are real stories, by the way. And when you even say the name of their country, you have to kind of whisper it. Just so in case anybody's listening, they don't hear the name of the country. It's that sensitive. They're crying. They're broken. But they're saying we're going to continue on because those people deserve to hear about the message of Jesus Christ. And then imagine in this chair is a young man. And he doesn't even know Jesus yet. He's in Tanzania where we built a church that holds 5,000 people through Kingdom Builders. It's real. We really built a church for 5,000 people in King, through Kingdom Builders there. And he's there and he doesn't even know Jesus yet, but somebody we've invested in is going to go and minister to that young man. And in his tribe that he's a part of, this is true, he has to go and kill someone from a neighboring village to prove that he's a man. That's going on right now in Tanzania. But instead, somebody that we've paid for, somebody that we've blessed, somebody from the ministry through Kingdom Builders 
reaches that young man, and that young man now, instead of killing somebody to prove that he's a man, goes and shares the love of Jesus Christ with those people because of that generosity. The meal's about to be done, and the server comes up to the meal, puts the check on the table. What do you do? You grab that check. You grab that. If they even flinch for the check, you say, oh no, my arms are free of mammon. I've got this check. And you say, it's my privilege. It's the least I could do to pay for you to be there and and stay in that zero zone. It's the least I could do for you to be able to go there where life is difficult and we can't even say the name. It's the least I could do to keep you from having to take someone's life. You grab the check. I believe that's kingdom builders. I believe that's kingdom builders. I believe it's grabbing the check for the world and saying, you know what? God, I desire to pay for that. I desire to fuel that. I desire to reach that person. And God, speak to me. What is the amount? I'm paying the check. It doesn't matter what, I'm paying the check. And so I'm praying that that attitude would jump into our church. That attitude would jump into our lives right now. We say, God, we want to hear from you. We want to do it, Lord. It's the least. How many know we get the easy job? We get the easy job. I remember years ago I said, we're like the Air Force. We bring relief to those that are in the trenches. And God help us to raise large amounts of money to be able to bless their ministries so they get the breakthrough that they're looking for. And and, and God help us to do that. If we just sit around and look at our airplanes and never bring those big bunker busters of, of kingdom builders to give them the breakthrough, God help us. Let's grab the check. Let's bring what God's called us to bring. And let's say, God, we want to be generous. We want to go way over and above. So God, I'm praying for that right now. I'm praying that you'd speak to us. I'm praying that you'd speak to us, that you'd speak to every single one. And as they get the Kingdom Builders book this week and see where all the the ministries are that we're supporting. They've just heard a few stories, but it's true. I'm praying, God, that you would help us You'd help us to listen to what you're saying and go way over and above. It is a joy to be blessed, to be a blessing. It's a joy to be able to pick up the check. It's like the easiest thing that we could do of everyone at that table. God, it's a joy to be able to pay that check. So God, help us to live that way. I pray you'd speak to us. I pray for many, they'd start with a plan. I pray for others, they'd go to the vision. And I pray for every one of us that we'd have a dream that seems impossible, but you're the God of the impossible and you'll move things around. You'll do things that we can't even explain. You'll accelerate time frames. You'll, you'll make increase in the workplace. Things will happen, God. We just believe that's the God that you are. You will open the windows of heaven. So God, I pray for that. I pray for that spirit of generosity that says, we will grab that check. We will grab that check and count it a joy, count it a joy to be able to bless so many. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen.